Welcome to episode 12 of I Quit, the podcast where we talk to entrepreneurs about the scariest day of their lives, the day they quit their job. When you're thinking of becoming self-employed, usually the biggest concern you might have is, how am I going to make money? And when it comes to being a full-time musician, making money is often a pipe dream. But musician Ruben Bullock risked his career as a carpenter to make music. And if the screaming fans from coast to coast to coast is any indication, it's already paying off. Today we're with Ruben Bullock from Ruben and the Dark. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. So I'm actually really excited because you're sort of the first person we've had on this podcast from the the arts industry. So mm. that that really complicated, weird world of yeah, trying yeah. to make money in something that's almost impossible. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> great. So, yeah. So I'm really I'm really excited. So. Um, I've been following your career for years. I used to be a producer at Breakfast Television, and we had you yeah, yeah. on in the band Room in the Dark's yeah. early days. That might have even been before the and the dark. Oh yeah, maybe it was. It was probably just Ruben, but with the with the band still. Yeah, yeah. Ruben early in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Those eight a.m. shows. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited because the idea of there's so many people that, especially in Canada, that are musicians. But so few make a career out of it, mm-hmm. um, let alone have a band. And um, you're a full-time musician now. Yeah. And yeah. that's... How long have you been on a musician full-time? Um, I think since since 2014, maybe so, maybe 13 okay. was the last time. Uh, I mean, I... I I jumped in, but then I kind of fell back and would take a job or two um, just to kind of not freak out about where money's coming from. Yeah. Um, but if officially, officially, like, have not done anything else for money in the last three and a half years. Is that sometimes still scary? Yeah. Oh, for sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, it's all. It's always scary. Yeah. <laughs> Can I ask, what, as a musician, where does your money come from? It comes from... A couple different avenues, uh, like it's split up, I suppose, into touring. Uh, when you play a show, you make money. Another side of it is publishing. So there's royalties from radio. There's licenses from TV and film. And then another part of it that I mean we don't rely on, but um, we'll 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 receive some subsidy occasionally from from either like the provincial or national government if we end up doing you know trips around the states that lose a bunch of money and Europe like a, a lot of times we can kind of dig into there um, just so it's not such a massive uh, mm-hmm. otherwise we wouldn't really really be able to tour internationally as much yeah, yeah. so there's the grants and things grants. like that for musicians yeah oh very cool yeah. Um, what was your what was your life before you became Ruben in the Dark? It was probably as far as what I spent the bulk of my time on or where my passion or where my physical work was was landing. Um two two things. I I skateboarded mm-hmm. uh and didn't really try to to become a professional but was getting really close to it um by the time I was about 19 sponsored and touring all around everywhere and always filming and shooting photos uh, for magazines and so that I I started getting injured a bunch and realized that I, I needed to do something else so I didn't necessarily 
quit skateboarding. I was like pushed out of it just because of injury. Mm -hmm. um, Your body quit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I decided to do, you know, something that felt a little more like I have always really liked tangible things that I can like, I can physically do like accomplish. And I played around with carpentry a lot in high school. Um, so I decided to go and get my journeyman certificate to be a carpenter at state. And that led me into probably a solid five years of being a, a carpenter. Me and my older brother started a company art of life construction mm -hmm. and um and we really went for it like really went for it for i'd say i'd say a solid five years and was that how was it successful it we hit it at the same time as that recession hit okay. um so just as we were growing we were we were doing timber framing we kind of found a niche like we went from framing houses to renovating houses to getting all these contracts in banff and canmore to build all this timber frame stuff for the hotels and a couple of really big builders started hiring us. So it was just peaking. We had invested so much money into it and so much time. And it was all kind of happening around this one spot. And then uh, the market crashed and we lost two really big jobs that we, we lost the money from two really big jobs uh, where the companies just went bankrupt oh. and didn't pay us. And we, we had hired all these people and bought all these tools and we're driving to Banff and Canmore every day, paying for all the crew to go out, Ugh. all out of pocket. And then the companies were like, no, we're, there's no money. And so we, it hit us really hard because we didn't have any savings. We were just scrambling as we were going. And my brother ended up running into some serious health problems. I fully, like, the, if I were to ever say I've had a nervous breakdown, which... The equivalent of that with me is getting really sick for about three weeks where I was just bedridden. You know, okay. I think emotionally that it was so stressful and so much stuff going on that I just just flatlined and like, uh, you know, just collapsed. Yeah. Um, so that that was a very, a very interesting point. Yeah, that's I mean, to take on all that responsibility, right? Like, yeah. And you doing anything like that, like and even like music now, you you work so hard and and when something hits you that you feel like you can't recover from it, it's devastating. So you, as you're building this carpentry company, were you singing at the same time? I was. I was towards the end of it. Yeah, and like we, it was funny because we would get these jobs. Um, the one in Canmore specifically, uh, some new development, and there's a big. Uh, parkade underneath and we were working through the winter and we had a heated parkade so we we rented all these propane um, heaters and that was the only place we could warm up and so me and my brother would work from probably 6 a.m until about 10 p.m just ev like every single day wow. and and as soon as 10 p.m would roll around i would pull out my guitar and i'd be up until two in the morning because singing in those parkades feels so surreal like you feel like you're a choir like oh yeah I the, guess the, the, the reverb and the acoustics yeah. so um, as I was just getting so burned out from working, I would have all this energy at the, I was just waiting for the end of the day so I could pull on my guitar and just like belt out every, all that like stress and tension and like everything would just kind of disappear when I would sing at the top of my lungs. It's very cathartic for very you. Very cathartic. Yeah. yeah. But I was too busy to like, to do anything else, you know, to really, it was hard to, it was that th the music was like starting to pour out of me, but I, I just didn't have physical time. Um, mm -hmm. and the two of them weren't, weren't going to weren't going to work together. So I guess that kind of that kind of leads me after that that big kind of um collapse. I I had to go get a different job. Like I had to get a job where someone just paid me for a little while to get mm -hmm. back on my feet. Ended up in a, working in this office building in a warehouse. And it's funny cuz a part of me could see my life just going there. I was like, "Okay, 
cool paycheck. Don't have to think about anything. Um, that gave me the time to really work on music. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I wrote an album and recorded an album while I kind of, I had this job. And and I think that just like re inspired me. And I got back into carpentry. Like I was like, okay, I'm just going to do these odd jobs and, and this and that to like, and I started learning how to balance the two where mm-hmm. I could go on tour and then I would come back and I would build a deck and I would go on tour and I'd come back and I would renovate somebody's kitchen. Um, so there was there was that that period of time where I was able to balance, but then realize that neither was serving the other. Like the time that I was playing music, I couldn't really I couldn't really do what I needed to do because I had to be finding and lining up my next contract gig, you mm-hmm. know, to be able to pay the bills. Um, I find that's a common thing um, when when your sort of entrepreneurial career starts to take over, but you have this stable career mm. that the thought process tends to be when I make enough money, yeah. I'll leave this first job. But yeah, you're, As you're if giving ever... up 40 hours a week at least yeah. to work on your first job. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if that happens to anyone where, where it's maybe the same thing as when you're thinking about having kids. You're like waiting. Okay. When's the perfect mo- We'll know when the perfect moment is. Yeah. Like everything's lined up. I don't, I don't think that scenario ever presents itself, you know, like, oh, I'm going to do this one job that's going to give me enough money that I can, I can just freelance forever, you know, there's always going to be that stress and always going to be that anxiety of, of not, you're never, you can never be fully prepared for it. I don't think. So so what was it for you? You're right. What what was it for you to make that decision from saying, okay, now I'm going to be a musician? With me, it came, um, it came with us signing to arts and crafts in Toronto, which isn't necessarily a a money thing, like in indie music, like getting a record deal. Like at the time I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. It's going to, but, but really like whatever, 15 grand or something like that. And and I was like, Oh, this is like, I'll be set for a lifetime. (laughs) (laughs) And then then you make the record and you're, you're still like, you don't have any money, you know? Um, But that, that was kind of this, universe like saying like okay uh you're ready for the next step like this is serious and i knew that i needed to put all of my energy and all of my focus into it and just make myself available and and if i was hustling to find music opportunities the way i was hustling to find carpentry ones because it is you always Mm. have to get creative and you're always going to be putting that energy into finding the next thing and so i i just I just really took the chance. Um, luckily, I had some really good people to support me. Some friends lent me money a couple times. Uh, another good friend of mine, Yusuf Traya, who owns Bridgeland Market, he let me move into his basement, into his basement suite for free. Um, wow. Because he just knew I was working so hard on yeah. it. Um, so Is that, can I ask you about that? Is that humbling to then, you know, you're on this one track and you're building, you know, these big houses and stuff like that. And to make your dream <laughs> yeah. come true, you have to move into your friend's basement apartment. Yeah. Yeah. Once one side of it was, but then I was just so, so focused, you know, and so determined that it didn't matter. It happened at the same time as a lot of things in my life changed. Uh, I, I left a long-term relationship, went traveling on a whim, bought a plane ticket to Mexico. And I was like, I don't know what's happening with my life right now, but I just need to go. Mm-hmm. When I went there, maybe the first thing that really planted the seed was uh, I met in Mexico on that, like whatever random trip where I just knew I needed to change my life. I ran into uh, this lady, Mairead Nash from the UK, and she's Florence the Machines manager. And uh 
and then I and I also met. That's a pretty um, big coincidence. Very big. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so that was the thing. I was like, what is happening to me? Like I made this decision to just like uproot myself, and I and I was floating, no idea of what was going to happen. So I like one of those times I'm in I'm in a shopping mall. I just finished a job, and I walked by a flight center, and I was like, why not? Yeah. You know, like I, and I just I went into the flight center, remembered I had met this guy. I used to do all this work with the Market Collective and a guy that would volunteer for us. He lived in Mexico. He came up for a year and, and we became kind of friends, not really. But yeah. I, I remembered he lived somewhere in Mexico. I sent him a message on Facebook and I'm sitting in there like waiting. I can see he's replying and I'm like with the flight agent and, and I'm just kind of waiting. He's like, yeah, you can stay. And I was like, all right, so Sayulita, like <laughs> how do I get a plane ticket to Sayulita? Like yeah. just spur of the moment decision, fly there. He's playing my record in the coffee shop he works at. This woman walks in and is like, "Who? Who's this band? I need to meet him." Like, and he's like, "It's my friend," you know. Like, uh, and so we had a meeting. She introduced me to to Chris Hayden, who's the drummer for Florence and the Machine, who later produced my my record with Arts and Crafts. So these things were happening where I was like, "Some something something is pushing me towards this." And as scary as it is, like. I need to listen to these things that are happening and just jump in. Um, this is a good time to mention this podcast is sponsored by Flight Center. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If those, if, do those still exist? Yeah, now? they do. Yeah, no. But yeah. that's amazing. I, I love that because um, it really is just about taking chances. And yeah. I think what it's just so interesting to me because this is such a scary career. You know, mm-hmm. so many times we've talked to people who've shifted careers and they're established, but there's not money in Canadian no. music. So, and you yeah. just, you're, you're just going for it. Yeah. It's very, it's very high risk, but I mean, what's the worst thing that could happen to you? Like, I, I, I think of that a lot and I'm trying to build something that nobody can take from me. That's, that's my like goal. My that's goal great. is to like, cause a lot of these things, like you get bands that have songs on the radio and while their song is on the radio, they have all the success. And then the song, the next song doesn't go on the radio and it disappears like I'm really focusing right now on on building and growing and maintaining things that I can like sustain, you know? And that if that is like having to shake every single person's hand in a venue and be like, hey, what's your name? Like, nice to meet you. I'm so glad you came to the show. You know, oh, what songs do you like or what are you into? Or And like actually building friendships and relationships with all these people that, so I care about them coming and they they care when I come back. Yeah. Like that's a business that, thing too, right? So you're a musician yeah. and that's very businessy. Um, it reminds me back to breakfast television. I used to be the person that booked all the bands. Yeah, and it was always amazing to me the Calgary bands that would say, "Oh, it's too early." And they, we were asking them to be yeah. there at eight yeah, for yeah. eight forty. They'd be like, "It's too early." And I, and I, I always wanted to be like, "Do you know who still comes in five times a year? Doesn't have to. Is Jim Cuddy? Yeah, like yeah, he yeah. and he were that that sort of philosophy you said. Like he, yeah, at, at, on the red carpets, he talks to every journalist. Yeah, he, you know, he still he doesn't need to, and he's still working his butt off yeah 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 and i love what you said about you know building something people can't take away from you that's yeah that's very smart i think yeah because that's i mean as as much as i'm caught up with the daily hustle uh i am trying to really think about what the future looks like like a long career Mm -hmm. you know i i would love for something to just blow up and to have overnight success and and just take the take the load off a little bit but at the same time i'm so content with the way that things are going and i'm so happy with what has been growing that i i'm i'm really these days in the last year especially like taking a look at it and trying to be super intentional like everything that i do just like why are you doing this do you love doing this like if yes then like how can you 
show people that you love doing it and how can you like reflect that in your work and if you hate doing it like stop doing it mm -hmm. you know um because uh, to sustain an entrepreneurship like uh, creative uh, uh approach to a career like this like you you have to have fire in you and you have to like hold those things that keep you motivated and cut the things that that slow you down yeah so how do you um i mean you're a musician you're a songwriter is someone now helping you with the business side of it the money side of it the hey you owe me from the concert sales sort of yeah. thing <laughs> yeah uh i i have a team um and uh it seems to be uh, consistently changing around but uh i have some people that have been with me for a long time mm -hmm. um I've recently started working with a business manager that is is helping with a little bit of strategy stuff. It's I, I control all of this as much as I can, and I, I've always had a really hard time letting it go to anybody else. So I have a lot of people on my team that help out with with certain parts of it to an extent, and I but I haven't fully like given the keys to anybody. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I think that's and I don't know if thing. I ever will. Yeah, I know? think that's the hardest thing any entrepreneur yeah. will tell you. I mean, I don't know how to do it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I do. Like, yeah, I have a I have an agent that that like gets all of our shows. Um, I have a manager in Los Angeles. I have a manager in Toronto. I have a business manager, and then I have PR people that work for me, kind of regionally. Mm -hmm. And then I have a record label, um, and then a publicist and uh, a licensing agency that wow. like goes after film and television specifically yeah um and they all have their you know they're not my my team like they work with lots of people but but they are the greater like they're the they they, they surround me in in the project and i lean on them as much as i can that's amazing and you you've had su some success your music was used in hbo trailers for game of thrones yeah and, yeah um are there other times are there is there one of those licensing moments where you're just like wow i can't believe it's there yeah, yeah. There's there's been a couple. The Game of Thrones one was crazy because I ended up becoming a really big fan of that of that show, which I just heard that they're using our. I, I don't think it happened, but like they, we were at like the ninety nine percent mark with that with them using it again for the season, uh, a different song. Oh, um, okay, great. But I I feel like it's out now, and it didn't. That world is so fickle. Like you got this thing, you're like, oh, it's happening, it's happening, and then you'll see it come out, you'll see the movie come out and the song won't be in it, oh. even, you know, and then you'll find out later the director stepped in and last minute, like, cut it out because yeah. he had a different idea. Yeah. Um, That's the hard thing about, I mean, the art, our entertainment industry is you have win, but you don't, mm -hmm. no one hears about the 99 losses you had to get yeah. that one win. Yeah, yeah. Is Grey's Anatomy the dream? Those. Is that the, the, the getting a yeah, song? Yeah, you know, like, I, that, 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 that's helped so many bands yeah. break, like, that, uh, is it still going that show? Oh yeah, chugging along. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta, yeah. <laughs> gotta see what we can do there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you have to get that final mo montage moment where yeah. people are looking through the window and it's raining. And yeah, I want. They're I want saving that one, someone's man. life, and yeah. <laughs> we had we we've had a couple in. Is it Saving Grace? Yes. That, yeah. Is yep. that a kind of a similar yep. show too? We've had a couple of really dramatic scenes in that, and that's I mean, but uh, Blackwater and Glass. Glass Ooh, Castle. And that was massive. That yeah. was like, just because that song I recorded in like a basement uh, with a friend on a tape machine. And then to see it, and they, I don't know how they found it. I think they were just combing through, like, I don't know who was behind getting it in front of them. Um, but often they, those, like the Game of Thrones thing was this like massive produced, like 
did a song pretty much to get in that. Okay. You know, like yeah. it was this big trailer sounding song and everyone's always pushing me to do more stuff like that. But then the Glass Castle was probably our biggest licensing we've ever had financially and exposure. And it literally came off the tape machine and it kind of gave me this confidence. I was like, right. So I don't have to do this other stuff. Like I can, that, that that's one of those songs. It was the easiest and most personal to me. And for it to end up being the, the, the biggest licensing we got it. it yeah. It really kind of, uh, re-motivated me to, to just like do what you want to do. Yeah. Um, I often wondered if musicians uh, were tempted to make, you know, that Grey's Anatomy song. You know, totally. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. There's like at any point you can go to Nashville and there's probably 500 people right now as we speak in session rooms trying to write a song for Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. <laughs> That's and awesome. that And that gets multiplied all around the world. Yeah. Like, no, people are hunting that stuff like really aggressively yeah. so us getting any but your biggest thing is, was on a tape recorder in a basement yeah <sighs> yeah yeah. not trying for anything just yeah. trying to like make a song that felt felt good oh i love it know? okay so we have it's a big year for you already the mm-hmm. new album just came out arms mm-hmm. of the dream uh fo- you've just played a giant show at calgary folk fest yeah um i have to tell you so i wasn't there that night but we live super close to it yeah and the the crowds were cheering so loud that i texted my friend and i was like who is on the stage right now and yeah they're like ruin in the dark and i was oh, like amazing oh. it's amazing because it was so special for us yeah like but when i think of your music and i think of folk fest the cheers were yeah. like honestly i was like oh i didn't know the folk fest crowd was that alive yeah, for yeah. for ruin, ruin yeah. in the dark you know what i mean like it yeah. was was that really amazing to play a hometown giant yeah. crowd yeah it was it was totally so surreal i mean we i played on that stage whatever five years ago as a tweener oh yeah and and like the classic tweeners you, you are get, you get not two your or three age songs. like in between songs. yeah so yeah, in yeah. between <laughs> in between sets on the side of the stage while the main band is sound checking oh so and you hear it the yeah. audience doesn't but like so i'm playing a song and all i hear is snare 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 oh, yeah. like checking the volume like yeah. kick drum kick drum like <laughs> as you're trying, you're to, trying play. to perform yeah so no, knowing like coming from that to actually playing a headline spot on the main stage, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm so grateful for so many things. There's been so much support and that kind of was the culmination of Calgary really getting behind our band and, and really just showing up and yeah, it was emotional and we had a, we had a seven piece band and my brother and my wife played with us. Oh, um, awesome. Yeah, it was, it was uh, also really looking forward to doing it again in yeah. October. Oh yes, excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In October, you said Jack Jack Singer. Oh yeah, yeah, your Jack concert Singer in October. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I was like, folk, there's another yeah. folk fest. Yeah, no, exactly. Jack, yeah. yeah, yeah, and that'll be good because that'll be people there for you, right? Yeah, like, to have that that opportunity. Yeah, yeah, and that is a dream. That that show, I'm already like, is a full dream come true. So, I can't even like, I'm I'm so so excited. About yeah. That. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much. Um, I think the le- I think the lesson you would have for entrepreneur uh, for musicians who are doing it is you eventually have to take that leap. Yeah. Yeah. Ab- absolutely. There's no good. There's no good time to do it. But if you open yourself up to to making a big change, the, the most important thing is to just to do it, and then to also uh, listen to the to the things that guide you through it. You know, because like, there will be a lot of things that are intimidating, but when you get the ones that are encouraging, like hang on to the encouragement and try to like pass away the things that deter you from doing it. Um, yeah. But yeah, just take, take, take the leap. I love it. Those are lessons that are good for any type of entrepreneur, mm-hmm. um, especially the ones who can't sing like me. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. excellent. Thank you so much. Nice. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that's a wrap on this episode of I Quit. Thank you so much to Ruben Bullock and his band Ruben in the Dark. Uh, you can check out their big show at the Jack Singer Auditorium here in Calgary on October 30th. If you'd like to follow Ruben, he's on Twitter at Ruben underscore the dark. If you have any questions or comments for me, my handle is at Mike's Blaggedy, or you can visit our website, iquitpodcast.ca. Until next time. <laughs>